This is the Friday, June 9, 2023 version of the market analysis segment for Market to Market. USDA left most tables unchanged in Friday's report as weather headlines returned to the top of the list of influences on the commodity market. For the week, the nearby wheat contract gained 11 cents, while the July corn contract lost 15 cents. Increased exports and drier conditions helped drive the soy complex higher. The July soybean contract improved 34 cents, while July meal shed 60 cents per ton. July cotton shrank 201 per hundredweight. Over in the dairy parlor, July class 3 milk futures dropped 17 cents. The livestock market was mixed. August cattle declined $1.05. August feeders cut 290. And the June lean hog contract moved higher again, this time by $4.98. In the currency markets, the U.S. dollar index lost 43 ticks. July crude oil dropped $1.46 per barrel. Comex gold added $8.10 per ounce. And the Goldman Sachs commodity index improved just over 8 points to settle at 550 even. Joining us now is regular market analyst Ted Seifert. Hello, Ted. Hi, Paul. USDA report today. Yep. I'm sorry, wake me back up from Yeah, right. Right? You know, but that's what it should have been, Paul, right? Why? Uh, well, because the bigger reports for this month come at the end of the month. Planted acreage, quarterly grain stocks, right? And because of those reports, the USDA very usually, typically, kind of punts on this report because on the demand side of the equation, they're going to get a better picture of that when, when we're looking at quarterly grain stocks. So the bigger changes in demand could be coming next month. And then on the supply side of the situation, we know that they're not going to change acreage because, you know, the acreage number is coming at the end of the month. And we know that we knew that very, 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 very likely they would not change yield. Now, there is a a specific circumstance where they can change yield on the June report, and that is if we're dramatically behind in planting a la 2019. That obviously is not the case. Now, the USDA can take liberties. So there was some talk that maybe because of the dryness that we had in April and May, they would make an exception. But they didn't. Uh, and also, if you go back to the last year, we had a similar situation all the way back in 1992, they didn't change yield that year either. So I was very, very uh, convinced or very sure that they weren't going to be changing production on this report. They did not. And when you don't pr change production and you only have small demand changes, then you have a boring report. And it came out pretty much right on top of trade guesses. Boring, we'll just say uneventful. Okay. Let's talk wheat, sure. uh, weather. Still a story there? Or is it more the Russia, we had a dam break in Ukraine, relations are bad again? You know, I'm surprised the dam breaking or getting blown up. <laughs> uh, I'm surprised that didn't get a little bit more traction in the wheat market. Um, you know, with the funds being as short as they are in wheat, it wouldn't take, well, you would think it wouldn't take much of a spark to get them to cover the, at least some of their short positions. We just really haven't seen that. These guys are not phased by pretty much anything. I don't know what that spark would be at this point. Um, as far as weather is concerned, well, you know, we've seen that, We've seen the, the weather-affected crop, the, the <clears throat> winter wheat crop conditions improve the last, what, three times, three weeks. So, yeah, I mean, now we're really going to get into harvest. And, and as we get into harvest, we want to hear yield results because the USDA raised yield for winter wheat today. And 
the crop tour came in with higher than what people were expecting. Actually, they came in higher than the USDA. Usually the crop tour is lower than the USDA, which is possibly part of the reason why it made sense that the USDA raised yield in, in wheat today. Uh, again, a lot of people are, are really very sure that's not, that's not realistic and that it's not actually there. But when we harvest and we start putting, th putting things across the scale, then we will actually know. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that yield does come back down, but I mean, I don't know. Wheat's wheat. It, it, it can surprise. <laughs> wheat is sweet. I got that. Yeah. Let's move to corn. Mm -hmm. uh, old crop, those that have some left. Has the ship sailed, or is this the final descent to the last rally it can have? Uh, you know, old crop corn, there's, it kind of depends on where you're at. I mean, there's still a lot of tightness in the West, right? Um, river bids aren't great. Export demand's not great. I, I don't really know what's going to get old crop corn to rally back up towards highs if it isn't a weather story. And this weekend is going to prove out whether we are going to have a continuing weather story or whether we're going to kind of put this weather story to bed. So I would think that you, if you're holding on old crop corn, I, there's a lot of risk to the downside. It'd be very easy to sell that corn. And then if you want to participate the upside, you can buy some fairly inexpensive calls. Uh, and then that would be your risk. I would much rather just risk 14 or 15 cents than risk another dollar to the downside. We have a question from Phil in Ontario Hi, who Phil. wants to ask you uh, about some of the weather conditions that are not rain. It's smoky and dry through much yeah. of the eastern corn belt, but the market seems to continually yawn. Barring the weather getting worse, is it straight downhill or sideways for prices into October? And you can use, you kind of just talked about old crop, but what do you think about new crop in that scenario that yeah, Phil's right. talking about? So, you know, it is a weather market, but I think this weather market is coming to a head right now. Or, well, it's either going to get worse or this pattern is going to change. Your weather forecasters, a lot of them are expecting this forecast or this weather pattern to change, to get wetter and cooler. Um, and that can do very good things to the crop. I don't think there's been a lot of the yield potential that's been taking off, taken off at this point. If we go to that wetter, cooler pattern, uh, I still think there's a lot of upside potential for yield. I, I, I think there's a lot of upside potential for the crop, but a lot of downside potential for prices. Prices have been tracking, December corn prices have been tracking uh, 2012 and 2013. Those two split and go opposite directions in the very near future. Likely, we're going to do the same. Uh, it's just a question of which. And we've got rain in the forecast this weekend. If those rains happen, it's not going to cover everybody. It's not going to be enough to fix the problems. But if those rains happen, it really gives you a lot of confidence that this weather pattern is uh, change is taking place. And it gives you a lot of confidence in the longer-term forecasts again. And I think that might be the end of your weather market, even though that one singular rain isn't going to fix the problem. Right, because that. we had the El Nino advisory issued this yeah. week, and that might signal that, yes, it's over. So real quickly on corn, new mm. crop, have I missed the chance to, to make a position there, or do I just wait this out right Tell now? you what, at the end of the day on Friday, even after a bearish report, you could buy September short-dated $5 puts for around 18 and a half, 19 cents. I think that's a very wise investment, even if you don't, if you're not sure that you have the crop to sell, which I think a lot of us are in that, in that position at the moment until we get the rain, okay, there's other ways of taking protection. And a $5 line in the sand is a really good deal. It's not as good as it had been 
but you can't dwell on the past. You have to understand that historically $5 is still a really good price. Is Tom Skilling uh, casting a shadow over the soybean market too? <laughs> I mean, the, the soybeans are going to trade weather as well, although they usually trade on a delayed weather. Maybe weather comes back later in the year for soybeans, but soybeans were trading more of, well, soybean oil fundamentals uh, this week than anything else. Uh, and also, the soybeans hadn't enjoyed the bounce off of lows that corn had, so we were due for a technical correction there too. What do you see then? We're still above 13, bounce up. Is there any chance 14? Oh, there's chances for There's any. always chances. I mean, look, predicting the future is an SOB. Um, <laughs> there's always chances. I, I think the chances are un unlikely, though. Yeah. You really do need a very aggressive weather problem to get even old crop to go, for, to go higher. Because, you know, old crop can rally on a weather issue because then we have to bring as many bushels into next year as possible. But at the same time, you have global end users worry about getting that, that supply next year. So they'll come in and start buying what's left of the old crop, and then we'll have to price ration. But that's really the only thing that I can see is likely a weather problem or something causing a big influx of exports that we're just not getting right now. Let's go to livestock. Last week, heck of a story yeah. uh, for live cattle. This week, a little retreat. Is this the top is in or a pause? <laughs> you know, on Wednesday, we had a, a very near key reversal on the front month. Uh, a lot of people will look at that and say, hey, that looks really toppy. In my book, no. Um, even if it had been a key reversal, I don't look at, at key reversals as being ultimate tops or ultimate bottoms of the market. I look at them as throwing up red flags that, hey, there could be a pattern change coming at some point relatively soon, but I'd still think there'd be new highs. And again, we didn't have that key reversal, but at one point Wednesday morning, we were at almost 90% on the relative strength index. That's about as extreme of an overbought condition as you can get. So we needed a correction. We needed to cool that market off, at least briefly. Uh, and by the way, at the end of the day on Friday, you were in the 60s on the relative strength index, a much more healthy level. Uh, and you can see cattle go up from there. It's really gonna be about the cash market. We still have futures trading at a very large discount to cash. If that cash market stays hot and heavy, the futures are going to have to follow to some extent. Uh, Box beef prices are in fuego all of a sudden, right? They had been slow getting started, but now you've got prices that are rivaling September of 2021, which if you remember at the time, high prices were caused because packers were having a hard time staying open with COVID spreading like wildfire. Much different scenario. But now you have those prices falling wrong, which means the American consumer is willing to pay those prices. Now, we did see demand slump just a little bit or it was a little disappointing over the Memorial Day holiday weekend. So maybe that price rationing is starting to take place, which mm -hmm. is actually a beneficial thing for the hogs. But we're not there. And, and I don't think we're going to see massive price rationing at these price levels unless we have a major economic issue. If we do get into that recession that everybody's been talking about, it hasn't really happened, at least not sector-wide. That's the only thing that I see throwing a wrench in, into the cattle market in the near term. All right, let's go to the hog market then. Mm -hmm. Couple of good weeks here. Yeah. Does that tell you that the low is in, Ted? Yeah, <laughs> I feel a lot more comfortable saying that now than a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we've been looking for a low in hogs for a while, you know, and the hogs have been, there's a lot of similarities to the wheat market where, you know, we, we can tout bullish fundamentals, but the market had kept going lower because the funds had kept piling in on the short side. Finally, we're seeing some short covering. Finally, you're getting 
um, a hint that, that consumers are maybe looking to buy a little bit more pork with the high-priced beef. Again, it's not a dramatic shift, at least not yet, but that has caused some optimism. Uh, also, you know, weights, while they've come up a little bit in recent days, they're still relatively low, meaning marketing's current. We don't have this big upfront glut of supply. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I think we had gotten rather undervalued. We were due for at least a balance, but now this looks pretty good. I think, I think the lows are probably in for hogs at this point. Again, barring some sort of major macroeconomic thing. You know, there's always the possibility of black swan events and things like that. Always the possibility. Yeah. All right, Ted. I'll get your thoughts, uh, more detailed thoughts on feeders in the Market Plus. Okay. So stay, stay tuned. All right. Thanks, Ted. That's Ted Seifert, everybody. We're going to pause this analysis. Continue our discussion about these markets in our Market Plus segment. You can find both analysis, which we just did, and the plus on our website at markettomarket.org. These resources, by the way, they are all free. We make it easy to never miss any of our offerings when fieldwork season hits. We have three podcasts to keep you informed of markets and the stories around agriculture with our M2M podcast. Follow today to stay up to date. Next week, we take a look at the legacy left by greyhound racers in the Midwest. Thank you so much for watching. Have a great week. Market to Market is a production of Iowa PBS, which is solely responsible for its content. What's next doesn't happen by chance. It happens when researchers and farmers work together to solve tomorrow's agronomic challenges. We're committed to creating what's next. Because a pioneer, our name is our mission. Sukup Manufacturing, celebrating 60 years of innovation as a family-owned and operated manufacturer of grain storage, drying, and handling equipment out of Sheffield, Iowa. Learn more at sukup.com. Tomorrow, for over 100 years, we've worked to help our customers be ready for tomorrow. Trust in tomorrow. Information is available from a Grinnell Mutual agent today.